0: The Kent Creative Show on Channel Radio. I'm Natalie Banex and this show is on every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We talk to people involved in the arts and culture world of Kent about their work, their inspiration, their expectations, their projects, their career. And we are recording today at Crick Creative Gallery and Studio in Faversham. After this uh, broadcast, the Can Creative Show will be available as a podcast on our Can Creative website, CanCreativeArts.co.uk, and you can follow what's happening with it on social media. We are Can Creative Art on Twitter and Instagram, and Can Creative on Facebook. Our hashtag is Cant Creative Show. Today we have two guests, two photographers, Steve Bloom and Chris Lee. Steve Bloom, you call yourself a writer and photographic artist who specializes in evocative images of the living world. And you have indeed photographed wildlife and people around the world a fair bit. Mm -hmm. You have held a number of exhibitions of your work. You Mm -hmm. have published many books as well. You're a speaker and you give lectures fairly often about your work. And you are currently working on a photography book about a swimming elephant. Mm-hmm. and also a book about Apartheid in South Africa in the 70s that's your country of origin and that will accompany an exhibition in Canterbury in 2009 to coincide with 2019 a 19, yes. I do
1: apologise of course otherwise we have to, to put
0: coincide back the <laughs> yeah, no, exactly <laughs> we have a time machine here <laughs> and that will coincide with the 25th anniversary of Apartheid Chris Lee Your work is in commercial photography. You shoot a variety of subjects, travel, interiors, exteriors, businesses, corporate portraits and vintage watches. Yes. You have been involved in all aspects of advertising, commercial and editorial photography. And you have traveled quite a bit as well.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Your work is completely different and even your approach of photography. So could you both give us your take on what a photographic artist is and what Um, a commercial photographer is you know as
1: as you said we both (laughs) do different types of photography but we're both driven i'm sure by aesthetics by a determination to produce something that's visually balanced that's visually evocative and it's that drive it's that thing you wake up in the morning and you think i'm going to produce something on a flat piece of paper a flat screen nowadays that's where well, the lighting's right, that's that that people will look at and people will feel good about themselves, that it'll, it'll help them connect with the subject. That's what it is for me.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I agree totally. Um, I think, I mean, I, I love photography of any any sort, absolutely fabulous. It's, I think somehow I've managed to get away without working my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works really. Um, I think what you do is that you must have endless patience, absolutely endless patience. Whereas I have to do things the other way round. I have to organise things. So I, where you would spend a lot of time waiting presumably for an animal to do whatever or a subject to move into position, I will spend ages lighting something and creating an mm. image. So we're we're going to the same end by a different yes, means.
1: Yes, we're, I'm relying very much on chance, very much on yes. serendipity. Although a lot of people say to me, I must have endless patience, but I'm actually a very very impatient person. There's something else that drives me, and it's a fear of failure. Mm. It's I mean, these trips can be very very expensive. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, you know, it hasn't there hasn't been any external funding of every single trip to remote parts of the world I've had to come back and rely on my wife who runs our photo library and yes. is, our, is, our, is my agent
2: yes.
1: to sell the pictures so um, you know I'll be somewhere that could be costing thousands of pounds yes. a day and I think well if I I have to come up with something so there's that determination it means often I would, I would miss dinner or I'd come back late I'd be absolutely exhausted yeah. I'd be working 18 hours a day yep. it takes a lot out of you well, yeah, you see, uh, I approach it
2: from a different way, because yeah. if I go, I don't know, for instance, I have the Tsing Ma Bridge in Hong Kong, so mm-hmm. someone pays me to go up there and do that. So I know whenever whenever I travel to the other side of the world, it's because I'm being paid. I've had a commission to go and do so. I think you're lucky in that respect. pays me until I've got yes. the picture. <laughs> but, but then I am continually hustling for work. I yes. never stop. From the day I started, I'm always trying to get business. I'm emailing people, I'm sending out brochures, I'm... Um, you just you're continually looking for business the whole time. So we just look at it from a, a, we're coming at it from two different viewpoints, as I said earlier. You know,
1: well, it's it's very much the same with me. There's a huge amount of emphasis that goes yeah. into marketing. Now we run yes. a photo yeah. agency. We actually represent other photographers. Yeah. Um And uh, that 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 business of converting that photograph yes. into yeah, yeah. money to pay the mortgage and to yes. pay the kids' school fees or whatever um you know that, that 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 requires specialist skills yes in its yeah. own and it's a very very competitive i think, I think a lot market. of people
2: look at photographers and think yeah. we're a bit sort of airy fairy arty fancy, mm. and it sort of falls in our laps
0: and the number of people yeah. say
2: oh it's okay for you you think do you know how hard i work mm. to get yeah. what i've got well there is a, the, the the but sh- i love it i'm not complaining is, that isn't is, a whinge yes. i absolutely adore what i do for a living i'm, I'm very very lucky sure.
1: But there is the contemporary joke about photographers and what's the difference between a, an extra-large pizza and a photographer, and an extra-large pizza can feed a family of four. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, true. <laughs> and, <laughs> as a photographer, you need to put that out of your mi- mind and uh, just focus on, um, if you pardon the pun, uh, focus on producing good work yes. and winning yeah. the clients, yeah. but um, it, uh, pr- prices are falling and um, yes, have been are. for a long Noticeably. time.
2: Yes, um, but your
0: clients come up after you've taken the pictures. Yes, when with Chris, he n- needs to find them before that because you work on commissions, you absolutely.
2: Say. Yes, absolutely. When
0: Steve, you have you decided yourself what you were going to photograph? You, you decide to go to Africa and photograph I elephants? I always
1: and did that. I mean, it mm. started off for me when I just turned 40, um, and the midlife mm. crisis came along, um, and uh, I, I, I was running a photography special effects business um, um, there'd been some illness in the family. My wife's sister um, developed a brain tumour and had become very ill, so it was, a, it, you know, it was a time of reflection on what was happening in my life, what was happening in our lives, and I went off to South Africa and I mm. did a um, photo shoot. Uh, I just want to add that I'd also been exiled from South Africa for 13 years. I was exiled as a result of my photographs of apartheid. I was born oh, really? and brought up in South Africa. And yeah. in 1977, I came out with these pictures, the ones that are going to be exhibited in the beanie mm, in 2019. Yeah. And um, those, uh, th- 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 that was a result of my exile. As soon as Nelson Mandela was released, I was able to go back to South Africa, and I did this wildlife photography shoot. And it coincided with these personal things, and, mm. um, um, and as I said, the midlife crisis. And I jokingly said to my wife, I've got the midlife crisis, I need to change my life. What do I do? Do I go off... And uh, do, do I get a red sports car or do I go off and encounter dangerous wild animals and photograph them? And she said, go far away and encounter the dangerous you wild see, animals. I went for the dangerous <laughs> sports cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So um, that's, yeah, so that's how um, I got into the wildlife so it's got a special
0: meaning to you, really. It was,
1: yes. And it was, I mean, I, I worked in, I had a studio in Oxford Street in London and, and, um, Became a bit disillusioned with things, and also, you know, we were doing special effects, and Photoshop had yeah. just mm. been invented at that point, and uh, we'd invested um, hundreds of thousands in these expensive computers by remortgaging our London houses. My partner mm. and me um, mm. had uh, a business partner uh, called Phil Jones. Well, Kodak
2: there. had this amazing yeah. machine, didn't they? Yes. Before Photoshop really took off, i remember and that, was, yes. and that yes. was stupidly expensive.
1: Yes, well we bought a similar one which was called a Barco Creator, Yeah. which, you know, there was a Quantile graphics paint box, I think a lot of the listeners won't, won't know about these things, no. but these were the early computers that could m- manipulate and alter images, and yeah. we borrowed and spent all our savings, my partner Phil and I, and we, we, we bought these machines, but by the time the 1990s came along and Photoshop came along, people were competing in their spare bedrooms. Yes. I mean we were yeah. paying we were yeah. paying our staff then in the late in the late nineteen eighties, early nineties, you know, in excess of forty thousand pounds a year each, which then was today it's a lot of money, then it was an absolute fortune mm. because there were very few people who could operate these machines. Mm. And almost overnight the software came along and people were learning. So it became a very difficult time for, 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 for us and um, our But company. that was a whole
2: digital yes. thing though, wasn't it? Yes. When When digital photography came along, that just changed it inexorably, Absolutely. didn't it? So Absolutely. how did you both change?
0: adapt to that? I
2: think that um, we're of a certain age, hate to say that, <laughs> um, where we learned how, our business on film. So therefore we can do it properly, mm. which sounds very arrogant, but it's true. We well, can't you understand the yes. true basics of um, it, and we have. To, if you're shooting ectochromes it used to be, or or Kodachrome, you might have half a stop leeway if you're lucky. Yes, it's got to be spot on. Whereas with digital, you get people now, and it's all over the place, and you can pull it back in Photoshop. But what they don't understand, you you obviously do understand fully. You pull back shadows; it's got a strange colour, it's got noise in it, etc. Yes. Whereas what I can do is to light it properly to start with so we don't get that problem. Mm. And that's how I would do it by, by clever lightings. And still now I will pick up work because I can light things well. Mm.
1: So I agree with you, it's a very dangerous route to say, well, I'll fix it later.
2: Yes, yeah, because let's, you, let's need, do it you properly need to now. get it
1: as good as yes, you can yeah. when you take the original photograph. Well, on.
2: people now will take hundreds of pictures hoping one is good. Mm. If I would set up a, say I'll like build a room set, whatever else, in the studio, you build this massive room set, you spend ages lighting it, that might take you three days to build the set, four days mm. to build it, light it. And then it's almost an anticlimax when you go click. But when you take that, I would have shot three sheets of film on yes. five, four or ten, yes. eight or whatever yes. it was I was working on. And that was it. You didn't get it wrong. On three sheets of film you could get it.
1: You know, I sometimes advise photography students um, who are a bit too trigger happy to take their camera out and take only one frame in a day? Yes, yeah, and, and and it's idea. a fantastic yeah. discipline. Yes, it Pretend is. that you're only allowed one, and suddenly they start looking. They look yeah. intensively because people pick up a camera and take and take picture after picture after
2: with picture with a dustbin there and one post don't coming out there. Yeah.
1: they don't have time to edit it. It's and the other thing is on each of these photo shoots I used to go on, I used to take three or four thousand pounds worth of film. Mm with me. Yes, it's extraordinarily it. expensive yes. and even when I was in the wild and I got a running cheater or something like that you know I I was still conscious of what I was spending. on oh, yes. film because yes. I had to turn that into a profit and and yeah. that makes you much more creative in the sense that you you're concentrating on aesthetics. You think you, about what you're you doing before you press the you button. You feel the pain yeah. of getting it wrong. Yeah. Now yeah. it's free and that might might be a great Fantastic thing, but it's also open to—I um, don't know how can I describe—aesthetic abuse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: you talked about failure yeah. and getting things wrong. It seems yeah. to be a recurrent theme in your work.
1: Well. Um, you know, the, well, uh, you have to be driven and you have to be a bit of a yeah. perfectionist and there's no such thing as perfection so mm. there's always this this niggling thing that some some something's slightly wrong. Some, I think You know, well, I'm the person who if a picture's slightly crooked in a room, it hurts me. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, <I'm> ter- <laughs> I'll go in a restaurant to move the pictures. Yeah, yes, it's terrible, yes. you, can, you
2: just straighten that. Yeah. I've been told off yeah. to do the restaurant to yeah, do that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, I have to do it. <laughs> really, OCD. Come I'll close to being thrown out. <laughs> yeah.
0: How, how difficult do you find it to select your final images for a client then? Or, well, or, 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 or are they most of them already good because yes. you have been working on the shoot so much?
2: What I would do if you're covering I don't know, say doing interiors for a hotel brochure or a holiday brochure whatever the first shot you do is normally the right one and then you cover it from there you don't just take lots mm. so that one of them works this is how i see this particular shot and you shoot that and you think i will try one from there and i will try one from over there but when you then look at them on screen after the first one's right because as a photographer you can walk into a room and think yeah that's going to work
1: but that's also a curious phenomenon because i've recently got an iphone 7 which is a fantastic camera. I've, I've never really used a phone before to take photographs. Yeah. I've been a little bit old-fashioned in that. I'm having a great deal of fun with it, but I'm finding if I'm you know, if i just at home and doing some pictures of the dinner I'm cooking or anything yeah. like that, so often it's the first one that's right because it's the first time you look for it and you frame it and everything that follows doesn't yeah. quite connect
0: absolutely. in the same way yeah. that the first but one. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But when that's you're
0: absolutely. on the ground in Africa photographing yes. elephants from underneath a jeep as yes, you yeah. have done, C- it doesn't work in the same way, does it? And you brought yeah. some pictures I brought I'm sure some the books one I'm thinking of is on there. And,
1: uh, this is this is elephants, a book for children, which was recently pub- republished by Thames and Hudson in a, in a paperback version. But um, there's something about elephants I really loved, um, and uh, I, I I've done two books on elephants. I'm working on a third, and when I was Working on there was an adult book called Elephant, which was just a celebration of elephants, elephants seen aesthetically. And I was about to finish it off, and I needed something different. And I found out an elephant that swims. About an elephant that swims in the Andaman Islands. That's that's the next that's book the I'm working. Now. This is a book dummy. It's still in progress at the moment. So tell us
0: just about learn, it. How did you swim, end up photographing yeah. elephants underwater?
1: It wasn't easy at all. I'd, I'd heard that the that elephants in the Andaman Islands, uh, when they were logging elephants, they would swim from island to island, and then they banned logging, which is a great thing. They were they, they banned the use of elephants, uh, you know, as slaves yes. in the logging trade. Um, and but there there were elephants. Who's who still swam around yeah. there? Uh, but, and uh, the that awful tsunami in 2004 mm. came along and completely wrecked everything in that area, and 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 a lot of the Andaman Islands were terribly badly hit. So it was another couple of years before I found out that there was one elephant. His name was Rajan, and he worked at a resort. Um, um, in on Havelock Island in the Andamans, yep. and I uh, went out there and I uh, photographed him. But I'd had no experience scuba mm. diving, and um, I arrived on the island and I said, "Look, can you teach me to dive today? I'm going to photograph the elephant tomorrow." I'd arranged with the people, with the keepers of the elephants. Yeah. They said, "You're mad! You kill yourself! You can't learn to scuba dive and photograph an elephant in a day." So... There was a diver who um, um, swam with me, and I, uh, um, um, oh. and I rode on his back and gave directions. He was fantastic, Wonderful. and I ended up making three or four trips yeah. because the water's very murky. Elephants are very big, so normally when you see underwater photographs, you see these little fish. And yes. So but elephants are huge, so you have to be, you know, you have to be quite close to it. With a fish, you're quite, you know, you're a few inches away from it. I had to use an extra wide angle fisheye lens yeah so and get really really close to the elephant and you can see this has got the distortions of a wide angle yeah. so the elephant's foot was only yeah. a, an, an inch or two well no, no, no sorry I'm exaggerating a, yeah. about a foot about 12-15 inches I'm still in inches and, <laughs> and yards away
2: from me but then I uh, love I love wide angle anyway yes yes I really yes. do I presume excuse my ignorance, but I would imagine with your work you use a lot of long lenses don't you? Mainly long lenses, yeah. but
1: when you're photographing underwater with wire oh, angle yes, lenses a there's game. A, the, the refractive properties of water are different from air
0: yes. so it actually looks, um, it, it, it's, it gives more of a telephoto effect yes. yeah. But I'm thinking of a moment that happens and then goes
2: But that is the talent of a photographer, is capturing the moment whether it's me with a model sitting on a sofa or you photographing an elephant it's still the moment you're capturing and that's sure. that's the talent in photography it's yeah. just capturing that split mm. second moment because a, you know, a, a 20th of a second later it's gone the look on the, someone's face is gone and it's your elephants m- run past yeah. you know that's yeah. it is it's a moment you yeah. have to capture yeah. that's the talent it's, oh, it's yeah. not
1: something you prescribe on an int- intellectual level it's no. it's intuitive mm. it's comes yes, it comes from the heart and for me you know, people always say, how do you do it? I mean, it's just something from the heart. You say, how do you um, compose poetry, or mm-hmm. how do you um, uh, make, make music yeah. when you're improvising? It's something that comes from
2: within. And is it's it, I the think same it's with a, photography. It's, I think it's a with lot f- it, it is a natural talent, whether you're a singer or a no, dancer. No. If you're a ballet dancer, yes, you can learn it. And you go to mm-hmm. ballet school for hours and hours and hours and years and years. Mm-hmm. But you have to have that latent talent there. Yes. And that's, I think that's, that's the sure. same thing. It's sure. got to be there. You can then build sure. on that and sure. progress with it. But with yeah.
0: photography you need this knowledge of how a camera works and which yeah. differences yeah. between a lens and another. And
1: you do, to, You do absolutely. You have to mas- master it. But it's like playing the piano. You need to learn how, to, how the piano works. Right. Um, and then the rest can come from the heart. I mean, there's a story of... I'm ar- mechanically minded, so yeah. I love mechanical yes. things yes. anyway. Yes. So
2: cameras, I'm... Yes, I'm a geek.
1: There's a story of Henri Cartier-Bresson, you know, the yes. that, that wonderful, famous uh, photographer who yes. coined the You're phrase not the "decisive to the moment," yeah. yes. uh, and um, um, uh, you know, to take some wonderful photographs. And he was photographing the painter Pierre Bonnard, yeah. and uh, he said to him, "How did you know to put?" No, sorry. Bonnard said to him, "How do you know when to press the shutter?" And he said, "Well, how do you know
0: when to put that little red dab of paint there?" Yes. Neither of them could answer. No, you can't. Be, we're going to talk more about your specific work, but we missed an important part of this show, oh. which is your background and how you got into photography, how it all started. Oh so, Steve, you had a quick mention of it, but Chris, we haven't heard anything about it for you, so <coughs> tell us about um, that.
2: Right, I started life and I wanted to be a Grand Prix driver, full stop. Um, I raced for several years, ran out of money when it had a huge recession, in 1972, I think it was, and lost my sponsorship. Although I was winning regularly, I had a three lap records and I stopped. I was, I was quick and I was good, but there you go. Um, and I'd lost my drive and I thought, what on earth can I do? And it was the time when, do you remember they gave out petrol coupons? You're old enough to know that. <laughs> um, in the early seventies, there was a, there was a real problem. And they actually handed out, you had to get your coupons from the post office.
1: I remember that huge oil shortage where everybody's That's running it. around saying, we're going to run out of oil within the next three weeks. Exactly
2: so. Run so to try oil. and get sponsorship for a race car is impossible. And I was sitting well, on no, what can I do? And being as pretentious as I am, I was looking through Vogue and Harper's and <laughs> those sort of and interior magazines. And I thought, I reckon I could do that. And that was it. And I literally went out and bought a camera and taught myself how to do it.
0: So how old were you then?
2: I was a child protege. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, it was on the middle life was, crisis. It was.
2: I was twenty-four. Oh, that's 25. quite young, yeah. Yeah, so yes. Yes. So I was driving from nineteen through to twenty-four. So. Right. Um, after that, yes. Yeah, so from 24, 25 onwards, um, and. I th- and it sounds a bit sad now but I was really bitter because mm. I was incredibly quick and I was really good and it I was, was destined for something but ran out of money so at which point I thought I want nothing to do with cars whatsoever and I couldn't think of anything more different than picking up a camera and it is mechanical because I liked mm. that sort of thing so I could I picked it up and I could I, I learned the te- the technical side of it really really quite easily and quite quickly um, and then in as you say that that moment just came I thought I could see a picture
1: but you know also you had your your experience of having incredibly fast reflexes yes driving yes. and you need fast reflexes you need to be able to re- re- react very quickly certainly as a wildlife photographer yeah you need to have lightning fast I did reflexes. have a test you need to almost know uh, before something's about to happen. Yeah. I'm sure it must be the same with, with yes with, Driving racing cars?
2: I had a test once, and I actually had twice as fast as average reflexes. mean, well, now, at this age, now I'm a dog. <laughs> but well, back, back then, yeah. Um, well, yes, It and doesn't surprise me with your racing background. Um, yeah, I suppose so. So anyway, um, and that was it. Um, yes. I still do track days, and I've had lots of fast cars since, but the racing yes. bug has gone. There's so you,
0: do, you don't, you don't, not dying into driving a car again, or do you? I, have d- a I little love fast cars. I've always loved speed and fast yeah. cars.
2: Yes, it's that that now is, is fun. What I do. Yes, okay. To, well, that's like good. other people do their gardening, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's it. If if I've had a really hard day, you go and get go on a fast car, and it's great fun. So, Which you shouldn't, I know, but they, it's okay. more fun than
1: reading the garden. Yeah, absolutely. you <laughs> <laughs> won't talk about anything. My wife loves that. gardening. She's gonna be upset with me for saying. <laughs> <seconds>. Oh really? <laughs> she's, brought, she's created the most beautiful garden.
2: Is she? My girlfriend. She will do everything and make it grow and make it happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm the one who has to cut the hedge and mow the lawn and trim the edges.
0: Or CD again? Oh,
2: I have to. I have to do that because it's just a. Well, we just share stuff, you know. Well, I don't do anything in
1: the garden. I do all the cooking. But again, that's a creative process. I do that process. as well. <laughs> I will. I will sort of cycle fifteen or twenty miles to the. You know, as a round trip to the good shed in Canterbury, yeah. just to buy some fish to take home and try Fabulous. and cook in the purest, most beautiful way while smoking. Yeah. and it's 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 the same as being a photographer it's I'm trying to get something as perfect as I can
2: yeah yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> would you actually tell us a bit more about how you started yes you saw some of it but not sure i you had you grew- your midlife I, crisis about uh, uh, the midlife yeah, before but before that. the yeah, <laughs> yeah but i
1: had to get up to the midlife crisis yes. there was actually a life before 40. Mm. <laughs> yes <laughs> a life after, i'm 64 now so there's the life after 62. um i grew up in south africa um, my family had a, a history of um, opposing apartheid my right. father was um, imprisoned and exiled um, mm. Um, you know, I came home from school one day and was aged eight and he was gone and I didn't see him for many years afterwards. But um, I, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I worked for, as a printer, as a gravure printer. And gravure mm. is, a, is a process that doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. But it's a fantastic way of reproducing. it magazines and, and that's when my development, my interest in photography um, came out, and I started doing street photography. I started doing yeah. things that were quite illegal. I was roaming um so you streets. brought something here yes I brought a little book which is a which, which is a brochure for a forthcoming exhibition and I did photographs of people under apartheid. It was at a pivotal time in South Africa where um the first real cracks in apartheid were developing, and uh, people were protesting and um you know, the first It was the first time people have actually stood up yes. against the South African government at the time and in 77 I came out here with those pictures, I came to the UK and they were used yes. by the anti-apartheid movement um, and the International Defence and Aid Fund which was an organisation under the auspices of the United Nations which was involved in defending people in uh, the political apartheid trials. And as a consequence of that, I was granted asylum and later got a British passport. And um, I uh, set up a um, a photography special effects business doing photo retouching for advertising agencies. Mm. I'd have to, photographer would come with a red car and they'd want to change it into a blue car or they wanted it montaged onto pictures of the desert. And all this was before computers. So it was intricate darkroom work, which to a large extent I taught myself and then uh, um, with my partner, Phil, we then built up a bigger company called Jones Bloom, and uh, we had many years of that dealing with advertising agencies. I used to use uh,
2: Opticos in East London. Yes, I
1: remember Opticos yeah. well. Yeah. Remember they were, they were our a competitors, so you didn't yeah. use me. I'm very, very I'm hurt. <laughs> I hadn't heard, <laughs> no, you hadn't heard of it. I'm sorry. We had no all one. the big advertising agencies <laughs> But isn't is it strange? But there were a few companies. Yeah, there was course. another one yeah. called Studio yeah. 10, yeah. Yeah. which I'm sure you remember and um um we got the first computers in and we did uh, computer retouching which um and you know as i said it was very very expensive and we charged a huge amount of ma- our money on an oh, hourly basis me. but we had to pay our people a, a huge amount of money yeah. as well, well there was
2: huge talent it
1: was, it yeah, was a there big was talent, a lot of talent it really and was. we ha- we had to recruit the best and we did very very complex work and we um did the posters we did the retouching for the posters for the 1992 barcelona, barcelona mm. olympics yeah. right. which was a very prestigious job and it yes. brought us a lot of clients but in uh, 1993 it was when i turned 40 and my wife's sister um, uh, became very mm. ill as i mentioned earlier yes. and i began to wonder what what's it all about i know i joke about the sports car and the wild animals but it really was time for a change and i went uh, to south africa on a, on a brief safari and i had um, took some pictures of wild animals and I came back and there was Planet Earth picture um, library which doesn't yeah. exist anymore, it was eventually bought by Getty yeah. um, and uh, they, uh, they took my pictures and they started selling them um, through, through catalogues, stock photography catalogues yeah. and I started to make money out of this yeah. and I thought this can be quite lucrative yes. so in 1996 I started doing it full time I thought, well, what do I have to do? I need to do something. So I have to yeah. do a book. So my first book was called In Praise of Primates. And um, I took it to two publishers, both of whom were interested. One was Tashin, yeah. and the other one was uh, K- Kurniman.
2: Yeah.
1: Kurniman, sadly, isn't around uh, anymore as, a, as an independent publisher. Tashin is one yeah, of the yeah. biggest, most so. <laughs> art publishers. Yeah. Uh, I turned down Tashin and went for Kurniman. <laughs> Um, But he offered me um, considerably more money and more languages and uh, it was published in ten languages and a quarter of a million copies where a first photography book was absolutely phenomenal. And and from there Um, I went to La Martiniere in uh, Paris who had just published um, an Artist Bertrand's Earth from the Air which was the most popular photography book. In history, it had sold three million copies. Yes, of that. One, that. Well, huge, yes. yeah. and they agreed to do a follow-up of that called Untamed. And the, his was all about um, the uh, pictures of the Earth from the air. Untamed, which came out in ten languages, uh, was the same size and format. He weighed four and a half kilos, and it was animals around the world. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I got that fantastic book offer, and then I traveled to all the continents over a period of 10 years photographing them. So it was, and while I was doing this, my wife uh, um, was selling the pictures um, um, through, through an agency that we started. Um, eventually, in the last five years, we've taken on other photographers, but that stage it was only yeah. my pictures. Yeah. And um, once Untamed came out, um, I spoke to Thames and Hudson Publishers um, in, in London who are absolutely fantastic art publishers and uh, I did a, a three-book three deal with them. Um, um, there was um, a book called Elephant, um, Spirit of the Wild and Living Africa, which was a combination of people mm-hmm. and animals because I wanted to return to Africa. Thank so I kept this whole thing of these books going. I've since done children's books with them. Um, So all in all, now about fifteen books in about twenty-one languages. Um, But it's not easy. I've lectured at talks, um, Waterstones, and I've got another talk coming up on the um, in November.
0: Oh yeah, on Wednesday
1: the fifteenth of November. It's called Traveling Wild, and it's at Waterstones Rose Lane in Canterbury. I did a Waterstones talk about three weeks ago, Mm. and they asked me to come back in November because fortunately, it was packed or people turned yeah. away unfortunately yeah. people are turned away I'm sorry about that yeah. so they've asked me to come back
0: you're mixing everything together and you do what you like but w- would sorry. you be yeah. able you think um, Steve to take photos on order and bracket or commissions or?
1: I'm not really offered any no. commissions because um, the work I do is so it's so speculative you know you yes. can't really commission yeah. somebody to go and photograph um uh, uh, stamp, stampeding elephants or something like yeah. that because you really need to find somebody who's done it so um
2: would well, we I both have to, have to come no, back with the shot don't you have to come back with a shot you have to come eat? back for one yes, reason yes. otherwise you won't sell no, it no, i have to come sure, back with it sure, otherwise i'll never sure. be employed again but,
1: you know, no, no understand so I understand that i mean it's I
2: a similar I, ending again
1: um there's certain types of things i wouldn't want to do um, anymore. I mean, I, you know, when I first started, when I was in South Africa, there were some, I sometimes did weddings and things like that. I mean, I think it gets away. They're brilliant wedding oh. photographers. And um, s- s- some of them are, um, you know, they, they do them like fashion shoots. Mm. But it's not something I would be able to connect with. I have to be emotional about it. So I can't accept a commission unless I was absolutely incredibly excited about it. Uh, My know. question yes. is
0: in fact a bit wider than that because talking to a lot of creative people and artists there yeah. are two categories often. Artists who only do what they like, what yes. they want to yes. do yes. and then sell something when it's done. Yeah. Selling is a whole different issue but yes. and you have people who only work on commission and they know skill and they do what they're asked to do and there are two different approaches and sometimes they don't mix and quite often artists who do only what they like are not able to work on commission. I find that
2: just the opposite, yes um, that's it because I'm always, I don't have to have a 10 page schedule of what I have to do but they say I want you to go and photograph so and so or you've made this fabulous new sofa can you find a location and shoot it then I can go and do it. But to think, I'm going to go and see if I can get a sofa and find somebody to, I can't do that. I find that really <laughs> well, difficult. Because you probably you know? would you do it, be, with, do it be, with a sofa. Well, I know, <laughs> but You know what I mean.
1: But it's, actually, actually, very often I'll do photographs that I want to do for myself, and they don't sell. And, you know, and Kathy, my wife, would say to me, you need to remember not to just shoot for yourself, but to shoot for me because yes. yeah. yeah. I have to turn them That's into food yes. on the plate yeah. Yes, absolutely. and I'd come back with a sort of cute picture of the lion licking its cubs and interesting. and I love the slow shutter speed the blurry ones where, I, where I'm doing it for a quarter of a second and everything's all mushy and I love that my sister-in-law looks at it and says can't you get it into focus? <laughs> <laughs> and I love the experimental stuff I like photography that's obscure and weird and tries to go somewhere else and, and
0: so I've got so to ask then can you think mm. of one or two photos that maybe are your favourite and maybe some those that sell most commercially
1: I mean if I can co- just Think of two. Yeah. Um, there's the elephant swimming where I photographed. Well, actually went right under the elephant, so mm. it looks yeah. like the elephant's flying over you
2: with the foot in the foreground. That one. Yeah, no, no yeah.
1: There's, there's a, 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 another one. Um, so you're um, right underneath. Now, No one ever taken a photograph from oh. underneath an elephant where you see the. It lo- looks like there's a floating table. You imagine taking a table yes. on, or of the elephant standing on a glass. Mm. ceiling and yeah. looking straight up at the elephant yeah. the elephant was in the water and I went right under it, that was yeah. extraordinarily difficult to do, mm. even with the diving yes. the other thing is the elephant kept swimming away from me <laughs> because the elephant had these huge tusks and yes. I was very close and I'd built a relationship with the elephant um, uh, on the ground, getting to know it and so on so that yes. I wasn't some sort of stranger there, so the elephant would sort of move its head away um, So you know that that's one another one. Yes, another one. Mm. That's uh, another one that's lucrative. If you think in purely commercial terms, there was one I did of a whole family of lions walking over a hill with with a black sky behind it. That was used um, um, for the Life of Mammals um, TV series as a giant poster. It was used by somebody to cover scaffolding on a building in Tottenham Court Road. So Mm. there was this enormous picture, several stories high. Yeah. you know covering the, the the scaffolding so it's these commercial uses and that's how we've made a living mm. and you know we still run the library it's very tough it's very competitive mm, prices have continued to fall because but um, you can do you can do things with a phone mm. that are, are pretty I'll say acceptable not they won't. <sighs>
2: that is Compute the people the
1: quality no. got, but people will accept them because a lot of people are looking at things now on screen you see phone that's pictures the, killer. Are, the iphone pictures are optimized for screen
2: yes mm. absolutely
1: and um, you know when you see these ads which says shot on an iphone um, these posters well they were shot on an iphone but they've attached a lot of them I read over they've attached special um, yeah. lenses in front of yeah. them to improve the quality of the image before it gets into the iPhone, so technically that's correct there's yeah. no false advertising there but there's a lot more to it, it's not just a casual start. But see, with you,
2: it would yeah. end up in a, a beautifully printed book with me, it yeah. would be a brochure or something mm. and, I'd, funny if I did a thinking furniture, I did a furniture brochure which mm. we did at Chatham Dockyard which mm. was absolutely gorgeous Hopefully. but it was an oversize A4, so when you open it it's oversized A3 mm. And it was so sharp you could cut your fingers on it. It looked absolutely beautiful. But if that was just going onto the a little screen and it's yes. you know yeah. a couple of inches square on someone's computer screen or on their iPhone, all that beauty would be lost.
0: Exactly, and totally. That's frustrating. Print, yes.
1: print advertising is continuing to fall. Oh, online ab- advertising is going up and yeah. up. Facebook advertising is 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 is. is soaring in popularity in this Instagram Oh the number of clients I have.
2: They have their their print run on a brochure would be half of what it was a few years ago, five yes, years ago. Yes. A twenty thirty thousand fi- print run is now down to fifteen thousand. You know it's
1: and people are finding the, the effective ads are are, are the six hundred pixel ones on. on, oh, don't, on, yeah. on, on, on so so the qu- qualities, I mean there still is the giant Billboards and so on that you see yes, yes. all over London. Which is what
2: I hunt for the whole time. I've got London, to find clients London. that want that, as, as you have. That's where the our point. quality comes out. Sure, mm. sure.
1: Then you, yes. So, also, get, also, I mean, it's a wonderful feeling as a photographer and also as a, a viewer when you see these giant pictures and you stand in, in the underground and you've got this massive, wonderful photograph in front of you that you can just stare
2: at. Well, some things have to be big. End of story. Yes. I mean, looking at that photograph there with the, the back of that girl, that, at that size, looks gorgeous. I love that picture. That's really, really nice. That's... Um, but that, that yeah. wouldn't look any better if yeah. it was six foot sure, tall. Sure. It's a beautiful yes, picture yes. like that.
1: That's a picture of, um, from that I took in South Africa. Um, I gathered it was. A woman walking down the street uh, past a couple of um, homeless people, uh, which is going to form part of the exhibition
2: the way. But that will well, work at that, that size. That's my my yeah.
0: So, have you shown these pictures before in an exhibition? I showed them in London um, at the London
1: Festival of Photography at the Guardian Gallery. Not not all of them. The the Beanie exhibition is going to be much bigger, much more spectacular. Um, you know, I'm I'm very excited about it. My my mm. heart's set That'd on it, and I'm going to. Put absolutely put my heart and soul into making it something quite stunning. It's personal as well. Mm. It's 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 about that whole era. It's very different from the wildlife pictures. Mm. It's pictures of people during a particular era. They black black and white. They were shot um, on black and white film, and you get these wonderful gritty. See that's what Jean I miss. Prince, the, that's what yes, I miss yeah, terribly. The, the black grain. and white film is it's just beautiful. Lovely something... I
2: lovely I used to use Tri-X when I yes, shot black yes, and white. Yes. Yes. Ma- if you make an analogy, oh, you, go,
1: you go and see an old movie. And you get that wonderful sort of grain and that and and, yeah. and that sort of softness to mm. it. Mm. And you go and look at some of these modern films, and it's like watching um, EastEnders or something mm. on TV in terms of of ultra saturate and everything. That's why even with these films now, they're trying to they try and grade them back. A lot of the TV series.
0: So what do you, you know? like Just best about your work? Mm. What one do I like you best? like best?
2: earning lots of money <laughs> 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 a <cornerstone>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <Exactly>. lovely feeling <laughs> um, <laughs> but you've got that job My yeah, yeah. Um, but I like, but it's when someone gives you a brief and then doesn't interfere too much I know it sounds a bit I, I have some clients that virtually I'm a camera operator the brief is so tight and they are direct directing so much that I might as well not be there if you get an assistant to do it but then other people say, no, you're the creative one. What we want is that. Do it. And that's lovely. You can go off and do something and come back and it's just, and they like it. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's just, it isn't the money. That's when it's just, when, when someone says thank you, that's fabulous. That's better than the money.
1: I can understand that. I'm going to make a confession on channel radio.
2: That I haven't made before.
1: And it's to do with, um, you say they don't like Clients who interfere. When we ran our retouching studio, <laughs> and our clients were advertising agencies, oh. we would try our utmost to make the job as perfect as we yes. can. And he always found something wrong, and he'd say, "This is wrong; you must change that." And we thought, "Let's put a deliberate mistake." Yes. In. So that, and then he would find the deliberate mistake, and he'd change, and we get rid of the deliberate mistake. Be happy. Yep. So he he, he just had to. He couldn't accept it. He was incapable of accepting it. Mm. So uh, we never let him know. I'm not going to say who he he, is. (laughs) There you go.
0: And can you think of your golden moment? A moment in your work as a photographer, a magical moment, something that is in your mind still that you think of as a wonderful time you had? Um, Okay.
1: sorry, you you go ahead. I
2: think that the nicest job I ever had... Um, I had to photograph French chateaus for three and a half weeks and I was literally on the road it's a different hotel chateau (coughs) every day and we worked so hard Um, but it was a beautiful summer everyone I met was absolutely fabulous Um, we had so much fun it was just silly we ended up with most beautiful set of pictures and it was just yeah, that that was probably one of the golden moments, because it was just, we worked so hard and we had so much fun. And
0: it was beautiful.
2: And it was beautiful. And mm. you've got to have fun in this life. I know it's a terrible hackney cliché, but you're only here once. Mm.
0: You know, no, it's you've not a cliché, it's fun. very important. Unless
2: you're a Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> Already, or Jewish. I wouldn't take the risk. or <laughs> the chance. I'm a um, bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm an eighth Jewish, <laughs> but there you go.
0: So what's your goal done, You must have Jewish. been asked. <laughs> no, <I> never have guessed. <laughs>
2: um, I went to school in North London, for goodness okay.
1: sake. Um, yeah, um, now the obvious answer I could give would be photographing the swimming elephant, which was yes. exhilarating. To swim with an elephant, I mean, swam with dolphins, but that, for me, was nothing against, next to being with this magnificent elephant and seeing some. That's why I've been so inspired, to work on my next yeah. book, um, uh, which uh, I'm, I'm still developing, I'm still having edited. I haven't of publishing yeah, yet. Look forward to that. Um, but well. I'm, I'm going to give mm. a slightly different answer to what was the most exhilarating moment. That, the elephant one was one, and and that was I went to Antarctica, and I spent about five weeks yeah. photographing every single day, and a friend of mine said, "You need to put down your camera for one day." and not take any photographs. I said, this is so expensive, I can't afford to miss a moment. Yes. And I actually did it. It wasn't easy. And I walked around, and I saw more in that day mm. than I saw yeah. in the month when I was shooting. And I couldn't understand some of these amateur photographers who are very keen and very yep. committed and very good at what they do, who were working like I was, only photographing. You need to have a balance. Well, you, when you're actually photographing, you're not seeing, and experiencing. You're seeing something through a glass thing. It's yes. almost like watching television. Yes. You've got a rectangle there. Yeah. And and you're composing through the rectangle. You're not you're not smelling the sea air or no. whatever. And I watched these penguins. I just sat there, and I watched the penguins jump, hop up and down, and I saw the elephant seals and the. You know, and, and, and the drama and the albatrosses and so on. I thought this is just the most incredible thing. How What a luxury it must be to actually spend a whole month there without having this commitment yeah. and dragging this heavy equipment. I mean, at one point oh, yeah. I was walking with all the stuff on my back and I was backbreaking me and painful and tired. And I got back to the ship and I just collapsed. Totally exhausted, and then I saw penguins jumping out of the water and I'd drag my from the side of the ship and I'd drag myself. <laughs> you know, but um, I was a very privileged to have be been yeah. able to do that. I mean, I'm not blase about it. The downside is I didn't
2: see as much of my kids growing up as I would no. have liked to. No. But you saying that about yeah. looking through the viewfinder, that's all you're seeing. Yeah. With me, it's exactly the same coming at it from a different viewpoint because the viewfinder to me is a little bit of make believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, if you build a room set or you're doing the interior, whatever yeah. you're doing, if you build a room set, what you can see on camera is fabulous. That's a creative little bit of complete fantasy. You look an inch to the left or an inch to the right, and it isn't. Sure. It's back to normality. And it's just that little bit there you can see. It's is like, like the stage in a theatre. Exactly so, exactly yes. so. You've just created that little section in there, like a proscenium theatre, yeah. that works. Amazing. Have you seen Wicked, saying theatre? I went to see Wicked recently. No, I haven't. Ah, You should go. It is fabulous. The set design is just to die for. It is absolutely... See, this is the trouble. I go to a theatre or a cinema with a friend and I bore everyone to death. I'm saying, oh, look at the lighting. Oh, look at that set design. Look at the lighting. No, that's you great. Know. That's your enthusiasm.
1: Oh, part. I love it. But they it? say, can you shut
2: up? We're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, never, never. No oh, one oh, should no. dampen anyone's enthusiasm. <laughs> enthusiasm. I do. I that's get right. so excited Childlike when I see enthusiasm. That's right. I go to Very see the ballet, and I just really, look at the yeah. set design True. and all
2: that talent, True. and I'm just, I'm lost in, in raptures. It's amazing. So, I what, mean, it's
1: like I look at the drawings my great niece does. She's seven and she does these most fantastic drawings. I think I wish I could draw like that.
2: I've never been it's able P- to draw. Picasso.
1: Picasso said it took him a lifetime to learn mm. to draw like a child, and it's so true because they have this excitement and there's no expect. They, they, they don't feel they're being judged by their drawing. They don't feel they have to please anyone. There's that freedom of expression. It's the same when you're getting excited about lighting. Oh, yeah. It's that
2: same emotion. Um, you saying Picasso. Yeah. Do you remember the name David Hearn, a chap from the mm-hmm. 70s? Mm-hmm. Um, he taught a friend of mine at, at university, at college. And we were driving through Wales, and he said, said, do you mind if we pop in and see David Hearn? And I went, yeah, I'd love to meet him, fascinating, because he was, he was like Bailey in the 60s, 70s, wasn't sure, he? Yes. I said, yes, I'd love to, and now he was lecturing. And we pulled up outside the guy's house, which is a little stone cottage in South Wales, just as he was, he'd just come back from shopping. And he said, oh, yes, please do come in, guys. He was an absolutely charming, lovely guy. We I mean, he went and sat in the kitchen mm. and he was just taking all his stuff from his Tesco's bag or whatever. And he got the bread and put it on the breadboard. And I looked up and there was this, just an eye. It was a, probably a picture about this, well, you know, so we're on radio, aren't we? You know, probably 18 inches by a foot, something like that. Mm. And there was this eye. And I went, that's interesting. And I looked in the corner and it had Picasso's signature on it. <laughs> and I said... I know it sounds really stupid. I said, but is that Picasso above your bread bin? And he went, oh, yes, he was a mate of mine. <laughs> but what would that be worth? It's beautiful. And that's how he saw a photographer,
0: yes.
2: an eye. Yeah. That was it. And he thought, Fantastic. and it's so clever. It's a really nice yeah.
0: portrait. Yeah. yeah, it didn't
2: have to do anything else. Just Wonderful. a, well, we all know what Picasso painted like or drew like. And it was just an eye. And then a basic one at that. But it said yes. everything about it. That's yeah. how he saw David Hearn. Mm. Which is what a photographer is, isn't it? It's the Absolutely. eye. Absolutely. Sorry, carry yes.
0: so on. No, no. no very I'm going, going off on, on one. No, no, no. You're not, you're no, no not that's very stabbing, uh, I'm uh, talking about and seeing your enthusiasm. And, uh, wh- what, do you have a dream project? Something you haven't done that you really, really would like to do? Um,
2: oh my goodness me. No, not really. I just... <clears throat> every day I do something different. And that's what i love about it and i don't mind what it is i love i mean in the last couple of weeks i've photographed oh goodness me watches furnitures and some interiors and you can't get different more different than that you know to get a to make a rolex look absolutely beautiful without reflection or with the reflections oh, where you want it's not easy it. it's a real technical <laughs> oh, exercise oh absolutely it's, it's not terribly creative t- but then it's a real technical exercise and it's that's, well, it is, creative, creative, is I creative, I I which yeah. I
1: agree with you, because you, you're looking at that watch and you say, I'm going to make this as beautiful as I can. That's creative. Oh, yes, yeah.
2: And if it sells... Yeah. It's a, I have a company that does vintage and prestige watches. Yes. And I'd never realised until I started working for them, it's a vintage watch if it's over 25 years old. Right. I wasn't aware of that. Um, and they have absolutely... Some are beautiful and some are so over the top, it's unbelievable. But it is quite beautiful. And you look at, see once again, something creative. Someone who creates that dial on a watch, some of them are absolutely magnificent. Mm-hmm. You get in very close, and the detail...
0: You need to create is, that emotion about the picture. Yeah, so, yeah. So,
2: and that, that becomes a technical experience.
0: exercise, and that's, sure. that's,
2: mm. that's, that's, that's quite you interesting. Know, you ask
1: any ad agency, it's emotion that sells. They're getting to people's emotions. It is, and, uh, yes. You know, and I mean, this is the way the social media works. Yeah. They, well, they this horrible thing they with lifestyle they mapping? They're mapping how you think and what you yes, like and what you do and all this sort of thing, and they're working out ways to um, appeal to your emotions through advertising. You know, that's hmm. how they're making their money. Well, of course it is. And it's all. It's all. D- and they've got psychologists who work for these these big, big Silicon Valley social media companies. Yeah. who who know how to tap into your e- e- emotions, and you know mm. one of the reasons why Instagram is such a success is because you're just instantly reacting to these photographs.
2: Yes. the only trouble is, do you not find with social media that it's it's an overkill? I mean, it's non-stop on the phone, coming up every mm. few minutes, and you think, just sit down and think before you take a picture. Not just taking anything. I mean, some of the stuff you get through, you think, really. <laughs> well, this, yes, you're right. These, a lot of these social media postings are the
1: equivalent of um, overdoing digital yes. photography and taking a picture. It's at, just trivia. All the,
2: all, the, all, all the time.
1: Every, every just, little article somebody reads. Or yes. If it's just something I mean, beautiful which they yes, put on yes. there, it,
2: it's cool. Sure, yeah. sure. You've actually thought, you've seen something, you've been out, you've seen something beautiful and you want to share it. Cool. Mm. No problem.
1: Mm. Well, I've got um, at Steve Limb Photo, I've got a um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds, but I try and. Them with interesting photographs yes. of wildlife. And, I mean, I've got a personal one where I do just with my personal friends, yes, just a few great. of them where I do stupid things like what I had for dinner. But uh, <laughs> but, but beautifully for everybody, I do try and photograph a bit of, But the main one for my um, um, following Your business one, is the it, but, business yeah. one. Yeah. social media it's just a way of connecting with people who have read my books and
2: that sort of thing so and you see for me that drives yeah. people to the website yeah,
0: yeah, well that's, that's, yeah that's, that's the whole yeah. point of yeah. it. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah exactly at yeah. Steve Photo with a P in photo you, we, we, I'll commercial. ask you that later <laughs> on you will <laughs> okay.
0: remember that because you have to say it all but do you have a dream project or so it looks like you, you're doing it in a sense I've, I've
1: done it I feel very privileged mm. to have done what, what I'm mm. doing I I'm um, I've started to paint in oils as, a, as a another way of approaching uh, visual art. I'm not getting nearly enough time in the studio because I, at the moment I'm busy trying to yeah. organize um, uh, the book on South, South Africa in the 1970s yeah. and the book about the swimming elephant and involved with other things and just constantly... Constantly busy and dealing with the photo library. I mean, although my wife does the, mere, mere, the bulk of it, the, I just seem to have a lot of office work and trying to tear myself away to get into the studio. Yes, yeah.
2: it's just boring, it's isn't it? it is. yeah. You want to get on with what your what your passion is. is, don't you? The and
1: mean. you know that t- taking the actual process of taking photographs is a very small part of it. The rest of it is managing it. Would mm. you
2: not agree? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I you believe
0: might. it's Duano. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But he said what he liked yeah. best in photography was the moment he pressed the shutter. So it it is a done. sense
1: of exhilaration, and, and then of course there was the anticipation of waiting for the film to be processed and hoping that the lab wouldn't, wouldn't oh, mess it up. Yes. Anxiety of anything happening to your to your film. Oh, that's scary. I mean, scary. didn't Robert Capa the with the, uh, uh, with the Landings. No, I there is a controversy there, Yeah, but um, I think uh, um, somebody damaged a lot of the film and only a few frames survived. Now, now, nowadays, head. all you have to do is lose your compact flashcard. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: I did have one shoot where that happened to me with film though. The lab phoned up and said, Chris, we've got a bit of a problem. And I went, Yes. Um, you know all those 5 4 trannies you brought in? Yes they're all stuck on the wall I went pardon <laughs> and you know the big machines are dip and dunk yes. and it literally picks it up and drops it into the next tank and then lifts it up moves across and drops it in the next tank and yes. something got a bit of a glitch and it swung and as it swung the big rack the big hanger with all the film on caught on the edge of the drum and just went boing and the film just came off and went all over the wall but just in case I had shot it on negative as well. So every shot I then redid on 5x4 negative, okay. so we could make trannies off every negative. The client never knew, I mean, whoever's listening, sorry. Um, <laughs> the client would never know, Oops. but we got <laughs> away with it. Yes, our E6 Accent processing
1: machine was run by Chuck, called G- G- Robin Vallis, who was absolutely fantastic. I don't think in all the years, and I'm not just saying this,
2: I don't think he damaged one client. clients. Yeah, brilliant. You should
1: come to us, you say.
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you say that. What about people like I used to use Joe's basement. Yes, I remember
1: me. Joe's basement. And Before we
2: had our lab, I used Joe. I remember Joe. Yeah, yeah. Joe
1: was a real character in Soho, in Wardour Street, Soho, in Wardour yeah. Street yeah. And, yeah. they called him Gypsy Joe. Um, and it was seven days a uh, week, was, twenty-four a hours a day. And he was endeared to, rather liked, and he had the earring. And
2: it was amazing. I mean, yeah. I remember doing a shoot yeah. up in Newcastle. Yes, and we had a hell of a deadline and we finished about 6.30, I got down into London, central London mm-hmm. at about half past midnight, mm-hmm. took everything into Joe's, they processed it, and then I had to deliver it to the concierge at the Ritz for 8 o'clock in the morning, and I just made it. Yeah, yeah his unique gone. selling point,
1: his new unique selling point is that he would process film for people 24 hours yes. a day, but then of course now you don't have those processing machines anymore because mm-hmm. it's all digital
2: but then you've got to spend hours on the computer every night. Yeah. Okay. It's an
0: hour already we've is been it Can you share your website, contact yes. details, social media?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm Steve Bloom. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as Steve, uh, at Steve Bloom Photo, with a PH, and my website is stevebloomphoto.com. So it's Steve Photo in the various social medias.
0: And remind us about yeah. what's coming in November.
1: In November, I've got a talk at Waterstones on the 15th of November, Wednesday, the 15th of November. Oh. It's called Travelling Wild. And it's about all the years I've travelled around the world photographing wildlife with anecdotes and um, oh. lots and lots of pictures.
2: Um, I'm Chris Lee. That's L-double-E. My website is chrisleefoto.com chris lee PHOTO. facebook is facebook.com forward slash chris lee photographer and twitter is at cl photographer
0: perfect thank, thank you, you very much so chris and steve thank you for coming today on the kent thank creative you. show and thank you everyone for listening all the Can Creative shows are available as podcasts on the Can Creative website, cancreativearts.co.uk. And I suggest you connect with the show on social media using the hashtag CanCreativeShow show because we do tell you about what's coming next. We are Kent Creative art on Twitter and Instagram and CanCreative on Facebook. We'll see you next week, Tuesday at 4 o'clock on channel radio. Bye bye!
2: Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. Bye. Rift Research and Development. Tax rewards for innovative small businesses. Riftresearch.com
1: Find suppliers and quote for work with local Kent businesses at supplymybusiness.co.uk